0: Hey guys, I'm Justin with Legato Financial Group. Our firm is passionate about helping educate consumers, which is why we're powering the Gaining Interest podcast. The podcast of quick conversations with industry experts on topics that you want to know about, from sports to dining to healthcare and automotive, and really everything in between. It's hosted by one of the greatest local personalities that I've met, that's John Ramsey.
1: I'll tell you why I love this podcast, because it's all about community. We used to call it water cooler talk, and that no longer exists. But if it's interesting to you, it's interesting to us. We encourage you to tell your friends. As Justin mentioned, we're gonna talk about everything under the sun. We will be gaining interest, and we appreciate you watching. Hello and welcome once again to Gaining Interest. It is a show about all things interesting, and certainly there is a topic that is interesting to Kentuckians and now people all over the globe, you may have guessed it, is the topic of American whiskey or bourbon. With me now is Joe Malioko. and Joe is the president of the very best bourbon whiskey in the world, and I mean that when I say this, not only is it top shelf in restaurants around the world, it is also admired and applauded around the globe. Joe, we're gonna talk a little bit about that, And how we can now prove that. But first of all, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much, John. I I really am excited to be on here. Um, I just think you're the best interviewer and such a wonderful broadcaster. I really am honored
1: to be here. I'm honored to call you a friend. Your story is so interesting, and I can't wait to dig into it. But first of all, because it's so relevant right now, it just happened. Okay, so there's a list that comes out. It is the world's most admired whiskeys in twenty twenty three. There's a top fifty list. If you're on that list at all, if you're number fifty, you're a fantastic whiskey. You are number one. This is unprecedented. Talk to me about this honor. And this isn't your average everyday honor. This is something that that all people in the spirits industry really admire. Correct?
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, and it, look, everybody on the list is a great company. Um, but we're, we're just so – our team at Mictors is, is just so thrilled by all of this. Um, you know, Basically, Drinks International does a report uh, every year. Uh, they're UK-based. And um, they publish the results from the, – the, that's the results of an academy of voters. And the voters are whiskey experts, writers, educators, buyers. Uh, they can't be affiliated with any brand uh, to be eligible to be a voter – uh, but this is an academy of voters from over twenty countries, um, so it's kind of like the Academy Award for whiskey. And um, we were very, very lucky this year. Um, and as I said, our team's so excited. Michter's uh, was voted the most admired whiskey in the world this year. Um, you know, our predecessors are wonderful brands like you know, like Yamaza- distillers like Yamazaki and Springbank, and um, you know, it's it's a list of really all fifty are just great distillers. But it, it's very, very special for us, and it's also very special for us because um, this is the first time that an American whiskey company mm. had ever been voted most admired in the world. And so we're we're hoping that it you know not just raises our visibility around the world, but it also hopefully will raise a recognition around the world about you know all the great whiskey that's being made in the U.S., especially in Kentucky, uh, where ninety-five percent of the world's bourbons come from.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting, Joe, in that I think, of course, in this state. And in this country, everyone is familiar sure. with Mictors and the fact that it is literally top shelf, not only in your restaurants and bars, the but to people's kind. taste buds. So, but now it is world, it's known around the world and this is recognition for that. So when you have something this prestigious, Joe, how do you aim the bar any higher? How do you put that bar any higher? You know what I'm saying? This is like you're number one, you're the best. I guess I'm how do you sustain that? That's excellence.
0: We have a really talented team of people. And, you know, just amazing people, you know, our master maturation, Andrea Wilson is also our chief operating officer, our, our master distiller, Dan McKee, um, you know, our vice president of production, uh, Matt Bell, we, we, we have just phenomenal, phenom- I could go on and on. Rick, you know, Rick Robinson, you know, uh, has, has run huge distilleries. So we have, we have an amazing team, all of us, you know, everyone, the people in the bottling line, people that run the forklifts, everybody goes to work. Uh, Every day with the mission of trying whether we're doing it or not the goal is to try to make the best American whiskey You know, we're gonna keep trying we keep doing our best to do it and uh, hopefully we'll keep producing really good stuff
1: In one of our initial conversations Joe you told me you said regardless of time regardless of money the goal is the same: the very best American whiskey. Correct. Yes, yes. How are you able to achieve that? You know, usually we have stockholders; you have pressure to, hey, you've got to produce a lot. The demand is there. Let's sure. jump on it. Sure. Your, your philosophy is different.
0: There the, are the pluses and minuses to being a privately held company. I've been I've been partners with my two brothers for you know for, forever, and, um, and one of them unfortunately passed away, and my sister-in-law stepped in. But we're a family business. And um, yeah, you know, I've been told, and our team has been told, whatever you know to do to make the best whiskey possible. Don't worry about your cost of goods sold, and that's really a luxury that you know our team has had, um, and we really uh, do that. I mean, for example, um, you know, uh, uh, in 2022, we released no 10-year bourbon, and the 10-year bourbon that was ready to release in 2022. It was actually 13 years old when I tasted it, and 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 you know just 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 in, as a reference, you know, you're allowed to put older whiskey than the age statement and the label. You can put older
1: whiskey in the bottle.
0: You can't put younger, obviously, because that's. So, be so if important. it says
1: 10 year, it could be 12, 13. It, it, it just has 15. to be 10. Yeah. yeah, it
0: has to be minimum 10, uh, by law. But you know, we let our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, our master seller, uh, Dan McKee, we let them decide when a whiskey's ready, and. I thought the whiskey was beautiful at 13 years old. They both said to me, you know, if we can hold it back one more year, it's gonna go from like really, really good to just unbelievable. And so we let them do that. Now, you know, if I had the pressure that, you know, uh, that, that a lot of people in my position would have maybe in another company, you know, 10 years in a day, you bottle the whiskey. As I said, the goal is to try to produce the greatest American whiskey regardless of cost. And because of our ownership, um, you know, we were able to do things like that. So we held it back. Uh, we ish- we released none in twenty twenty two, which is economically painful. But when we released it in twenty twenty three, um, the reception was
1: really phenomenal. And uh, you know, uh, Dan and Andrea were right. My, my friends applauded you on that decision after we tried it. It is excellent whiskey. Very very kind. Thank you. It- your commitment to excellence. I know a little bit about you and your family, Joe. Your commitment to excellence is in your DNA. You have the spirits background. Tell me sure. a little bit about your background because uh, that's something that you got on us. Your, your family feels this really strong commitment. If you're going to do something, do it to the very highest level, correct?
0: A- absolutely. We're selling, you know, fortunately we've grown and fortunately we uh, sell around the U.S. and we sell to uh, 65 plus export markets at this point. Um, but um you know we're still not a huge company um and so i always tell our people you know we don't have to do everything but the things we do do we have to do really well um you know if you go to our if you go to Fort Nelson which is uh we, we have two distilleries in Louisville uh we've Mictor's Shively uh in the Shively section of Louisville uh then we also have Mictor's Fort Nelson this that's the one that's open to the public uh, it's right downtown it's a wonderful place hope people visit uh love to have visitors it's opposite Louisville Slugger Bat Factory, you know, in downtown Louisville. It's in a beautifully renovated, beautiful old historic building. And when you go there, we have educational tours. We have the pot still system. There's a lot of history to Mictors that maybe we'll cover later, but we have a pot still system that's legendary from uh, the old Mictors in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mictors heritage traces back to 1753 to a little Pennsylvania distillery. We have a cocktail bar there, and it really is a world class cocktail bar. Um, the drinks are curated by Dr. Dave Wondrich. Dave Wondrich was selected by Oxford University a couple of years ago uh, to edit the Oxford University First ever Guide to Spirits and Cocktails. And he curates our, our cocktail program, uh, which is amazing. And so we have amazing cocktails. But, you know, other than like a little bit of munchies, we have no food. And that's because, you know, again, we don't try to do everything, but what we do do, we really
1: want to try to do as well as possible. Yeah, do the keep the main thing the main thing. Exactly. If you want to experience the excellence that I'm referring to, really, promise yourself, do this. Do yourself a favor. Do your family and friends a favor. Fort Nelson, downtown, right there on Museum Row. It is a beautiful building, and the experience is truly memorable. Okay. I want to talk a little bit, because I find this part fascinating as well. How you acquired Mictors, why the sure. desire for that name and where it was, and where what it is now. Talk. I know that's very yeah. broad, but let's let's get to it here. I was very
0: familiar with Michter's because um, my dad Tony was the Michter's distributor in New York. I grew up in the wine and spirit business, um, and um, uh, you know worked in the warehouse. You know, uh, loading cases. Uh, I worked as a helper on a truck. You know, Christmas vacations, summer vacations like that. My first white collar job uh, in the industry was uh, during college break. Um, I was tasked with closing out Michter's gold-plated King Tut minis. And they were expensive 50-ml miniatures in gold-plated ceramic things. And uh, the King Tut exhibit in those days was going around the Mm -hmm. country. and was a really big deal. And Michter's apparently had licensed it uh, for for spirits. And uh, and the company was stuck with them. And uh, my job was to close them out. And uh, so I got pennies on a dollar for them. But... I became very familiar with Michter's history. Michter's has an amazing history. It was America's first whiskey company. It was founded in 1753, not in Kentucky, but in Pennsylvania. And uh, it was founded by uh, a, a guy, John Schenk, um, in the 1800s. Uh, it was a Bomberger bought it and changed the name to, guess what, Bomberger's. And um, it wasn't until the 1950s that the Pennsylvania distillery, same one, became known as Michter's. And uh, Lou Foreman, no relation to our friends at Brown Foreman, um, Lou Foreman was running it then and was the main owner. And uh, a lot of people think Michters was a German name. It's not. Uh, Lou had two children, Michael and Peter, put the names together, Michters. So uh, they, they, that was the 1950s. Uh, they made some really wonderful whiskeys. Unfortunately, you know, the American whiskey business went through just a terrible decline in, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And um, in 1989, Pennsylvania Michters failed; it went bankrupt. Um, and then in the in the 1990s, I was tasked with starting a, a liquor supplier company. I had Chatham Imports, which is the parent company of, of Michters nowadays. And um, I had nothing to sell that anybody wanted. You know, all cats and dogs, and you know things that nobody would buy. Um, and um, uh, Steve Ziegler, who's been with me for over 30 years, running our sales, who's brilliant. Um, you know, Steve and I both like whiskey, you know, we're not whiskey makers, but we both like whiskey and, you know, American rye at that point was basically dead, um, and nobody was buying it. And we said, you know, rather than come out with a 4 million vodka, um, uh, you know, cause that was huge and still is huge. Rather than come out with 4 million vodka, you know, that all the big companies are doing, who needs it from a little company, maybe we should pick like a really little niche and, you know, what's, what's too big really for the big companies to focus on maybe we could just sell a little bit and what what would be nothing for them would be meaningful for us. And so uh, 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 we decided to come out with rye uh, whiskey, American rye whiskey. Uh, the distributors we were calling on said, "You know, you're two nice young guys, but you're really dumb. Uh, you know, nobody's gonna buy rye. You better, you better do well, bourbon. I know better, you but better, you better, you better do <laughs> bourbon too." So, so we wound up uh, our first two SKUs, first two uh, uh, entries were 10 uh, year bourbon and 10 year rye uh, as mixers. But um, you know, when it came time for uh, to name it, you know, I was familiar with the history of mixers since I'd sold Pennsylvania mixers. Myself, I'd also bartended in college and loved Michter's. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could acquire it? And um, and it was actually in in 1997, able to acquire the brand for $245. $245. Yes, Yeah we acquired the brand,
1: uh, uh, correct to say, we acquired the brand to, uh, for $245 in uh, 1997. It's a great American story because the history of Michter's was over. You revived it, not with a monument, but with a product now that is considered... One of the most respected, mo- one of the most desirable whiskeys on the planet. And number yeah, one, by the way, con- folks. I'm con- reminding you. So, there's a brilliance involved here. So, why did you know, or when did you decide? Was this this epiphany of I've got to move this to Louisville, Kentucky? It was formerly in Pennsylvania. Well, I
0: th- when- yeah, I mean, I mean, that was a decision that I really kind of agonized probably more than I should have over. But it was a really big decision. You know, you know, think about it. You know, Michter's has this amazing Pennsylvania history. Pennsylvania is a wonderful state, and it 's a populous state too so it 's a state where you probably sell a lot of whiskey. Um, there were a lot of things to argue for Pennsylvania, but I was working with one of my mentors in the business at the time to- by that time he was an older gentleman, but uh, he was a wonderful man and he 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 was uh, one of my advisors was Dick Newman and Dick had previously run Old Taylor Old Crow and Old Grand for national distillers. And later he became president of Austin Nichols in those days, Wild Turkey, and so he knew the business tremendously mm-hmm. well. And he was consulting with me, and he said, "Joe, you know, if you want to be one of the best, you got to play with the best." And he said, "You will have whiskey resources in Kentucky that you just won't have anywhere else in the United States." And he was right. You found that to be and, true. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and and I mean, look, Pennsylvania is a great state, and you know they're making some very nice whiskeys in other states, um, but I. I I personally believe that just nobody has the whiskey resources as Kentucky does. I mean, it's part of the fabric of the culture. You have, you have Vendome. I mean, I mean the greatest American still maker,
1: you know, is you know, 10 minutes from our distillery. So when you say resources, though, that's not only ingredients, stills, pots, copper, all of this. You mean also people. Totally. You, know, it's all, you yes. know what? Ultimately, any company is all about the people.
0: I mean that's one thing is I've 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 gotten older and you know worked in different positions and worked with a lot of different you know great companies. Uh, ultimately, any company is all about the people, and you know when it's it, it it's the people who make the stills. It's the people, you know, who who hook up. The uh, the pipes and the electricity uh, to make your distillery work. It's the people who engineer. It's the people who are yeast experts. You know. Mm-hmm. It's the people you know who who know how to pick a bottle that uh, where 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 the top isn't a little bit off. You know, and so uh, your label goes
1: on right. It's a bit of everything. This could be though, Joe, I've spent enough time with you and I learn every time I'm with you, regardless, you may not even be aware of it, but this could be a masterclass in how to lead because I've talked to Andrea Wilson, who is in charge of maturation. I've yes. talked to your master distiller, Dan McKee. They love working for you. Um, you're a very humble guy, but talk about the culture that you have developed at Mictors and that everyone there has embraced. As I said, it's all about the people. We're, we're very, very fortunate.
0: Um, you know, we really have, I think, just an incredible working group, um, an incredible team. You know, uh, 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 Paul Packard, Forbes magazine years ago, uh, called America, America's foremost whiskey, ex- foremost spirits, not whiskey expert you know he said that the uh, mick production team is a 1927 yankees lineup if anybody's a baseball fan but that's a legendary <laughs> oh, one that had that's a nice Whitmuth analogy ruth and Lazare and garrick and stuff like that so we we have and look i i'm not a am not a i'm not a technical production person i've been around long enough that i know a little bit we have really really good people and we really try to hire people that you know we like and people that we feel are good people mm-hmm. um and people that we feel are serious if somebody sort of uh, is maybe not a team player, mm-hmm. um, we've tried not to hire that type of person, and you know, I mean, ev- everything's important. You know, you know the, the what you dis- the grain picking the grains is critical, distilling it's critical, the maturation's critical. You know, but but you know we have great people on the bottling line. You know, you know if they don't watch it, you know, and and if if, if they put out stuff. You know, they could put a great whiskey in the bottle, but if the label's all crooked or looks sloppy or something like that, people go in the store and say, oh, that can't be that good. I mean, every single person's job is important in Mictris.
1: So, in a way, and I know I'm stretching a little bit, but in a way, the flavor of your whiskey and the quality of your whiskey. Is, is directly involved with the people who make it. Totally. I mean, the, the character totally. and integrity counts. Totally. The character counts. The teamwork totally. counts. Because totally. it does, you know, you, you put a team together and it produces a bottle like this and it receives awards like the one you just received. I mean, the number one most admired whiskey in the world. Those kind of things. So it does work. It all works. There's something else, another combination that you have when it comes to, it seems to me, uh, the maturation, the whole process. Sure. It's a mixture of old school and new school. I mean, yeah. I've seen these copper is it fair to say, though, some, some really recent technology is involved as well, so it's a little mixture of both?
0: Totally. You know, in, in one sense, we're kind of a traditional Kentucky distiller. We don't do wine barrel finishes and stuff like that. On the other hand, we're always experimenting, and we're always trying stuff. I mean, in 2014, um, we were the first ones to ever do uh, a toasted barrel whiskey, and that's where you take a fully matured whiskey and put it in a second barrel that's been toasted but not charred. And when we did it, you know, we, we thought it was interesting. We liked it. Um, you know, we had no idea we'd create a category. But it has. It's created a category. You know, we have very traditional stuff. I mean, Vendome, the sti- and by the way, Vendome made the historic still system at Mictors, Pennsylvania, which is a legendary system. Wow. And we were fortunate to be able to buy it and put it in Fort Nelson. So at our Fort Nelson distillery, our smaller distillery, we're distilling with the legendary Pennsylvania system. Some of the Vendome people um, who built our main system in Mictor Shively, our other distillery, had their grandfathers were the
1: ones who built the Pennsylvania system. So there was a tar um, there. There was a natural tar there. Maybe very, it was meant very, to be, Joe. Very,
0: yeah, yeah very, very very much so. So so we have very beautiful traditional equipment. You know, at the same time, you know, you go to our lab, you know, we have a high pressure liquid chromatograph. We have a gas chromatograph max spectrometer. Um, we have equipment that, you know, typically smaller distilleries do not have. Um and and we we do a lot of I mean we have you know, many many trained chemists on the staff, uh, and and led by Andrea Wilson. You know, who has all these advanced chemistry degrees. Babe Ruth. Andrea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, she she really is. I mean, she's she's amazing. You know, you talk about Angie. I mean, I, I mean, I got to brag about her. Um, I I, I want to pitch myself that I get to work with her. You know, this is a woman. The Kentucky Distillers Association is a great association, very prestigious and does great work. For over a hundred years, I never had a female chair. She's the first woman ever in a hundred years to chair the Kentucky Distillers Association. Wow. You know, she's a bourbon hall of famer. I mean, she's a As she's are amazing. You. Yeah, well, yeah. Recently, but very, very, very happy about that. It's very nice of them to do that. But um, I mean, she's she's really special and she's a leader. But you know, we we use so much cutting edge science. And apply that to, you know, to traditional whiskey making. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a blend and, you know, and we're always, we're always trying new stuff, you know. And sometimes when you try new stuff, sometimes, you know what, it doesn't turn out very good. Right. So we don't release it. Um, but, but, but other times, you know, you try new stuff and like, wow, this is really
1: good. So even in, so a, try in, a, it. in a business that's so old and has such a rich history, it's good to be innovative and it's okay to be creative. Because guess what? We're, we're making... We're making great whiskey and whatever it takes, let's continue to do so. Yeah, and I mean, if you create a category like toasted, yeah, okay. Our,
0: our team in in, in, 2000, in 2013, um, our team released Mictris Celebration. You know, there were these beautiful blended scotches and beautiful scotches that were really old, and beautiful cognacs um, uh, that were selling for thousands of dollars a bottle. I mean, amazing stuff. And in 2010, I said to Willie Pratt, who was our first Kentucky master distiller. Unfortunately, Willie passed away. He's a great man. And um, I said, Willie, you know, could you put together a blend of whiskey that could really rival those and just be like unbelievable? He said, Sure, I can. Um, and we were the first ones to do really just a, a, a really amazing blend of uh, a, a, of American whiskey and 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 you know, package it in a beautiful yes. package and and you know and 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 charge for it. Um, and um, it wound up being we wound up calling it uh, a sour Kentucky sour mash whiskey because it was Kentucky sour mash bourbon and Kentucky sour mash rye that Willie really blended together. And blending is really interesting because, you know, I used to think, oh, this 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 bourbon's great and this bourbon's great. You put them together, it's going to be great. No, it could be like a couple. That's a really bad mix. Um, you know, so the key is not just finding great whiskeys, but finding great whiskeys that marry well and do well together. And uh, the blend was, you know, extremely, extremely well received. And it's interesting to me now. And it, and and there's other companies making wonderful, wonderful stuff in Kentucky and wonderful, wonderful stuff in the United States. And it's great to see the appreciation now. But we we are seeing, you know, Michter's, Michter's Celebration. You know, some bottles are going for forty thousand a bottle. Um, we, we recently announced that December 1 we're going to release our 25-year bourbon for the first time in uh, three years and it'll be released December 1 and um, Brad Jaffe who's a terrific writer uh, wrote an article in Bloomberg this week and um, uh, he did a little research apparently some of our previous 25-year-old bottles are going for 50000 a bottle. I oh. love um, You know, so but that but and, and again it's not just us it, it, it really is a sign which I think is great of the national and international recognition that you know American whiskeys can be really just great
1: and rival some of the other world's great spirits and, and when i see some of your peers trying to copy what you're doing and i know you'd never mention them i wouldn't either but with that being said imitation is the most sincere form of flatter and you have that before i let you go i think this is an important topic for those out there who may collect you consider yourself a bourbon connoisseur okay this bourbon craze i remember 20 years ago there were those who said i doubt it has legs i don't think it will <laughs> last." and here we go it seems to me not only does it have legs it's growing I mean, to a rate that's probably hard for you at Mictors to keep up with the demand. The demand is amazing. So with that being said, what do you see in the future for bourbon? For those out there who collect or for those who just love bourbon and love the industry for our state, what would you say about the future moving forward? You,
0: you never know what's going to happen in the future. And, but all that being said, um, um, we're extremely optimistic our team is extremely optimistic about the future of American whiskey and the future of bourbon. It it's becoming more and more recognized really around the world, you know. And the market share for American whiskey around the world, um, is 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 it, it's it's good, but it's not very much compared to Scotch. Uh, scotch is still much bigger around the world, and I think that there's growing recognition in a lot of countries. And I think that you know. I think social media, the internet, you know, uh, has really helped that a lot. And you've helped um, that a lot. Well, we, we, we've tried. Yes. <laughs> we tried. And our international team has done just With a these awards, though, my goodness. Yeah, our international team has done a, done a wonderful job. Our, our whole sales team's done a wonderful job. But the economy goes up, the economy goes down. And, you know, so, so life is not a straight line. But, I, you know, we and most of the industry have plans to lay down a lot more whiskey over time. Uh, and again in, in our in our case we have very very controlled growth you know we made a conscious decision that we want our quality to stay at least the same if not if anything get better um you know so so you know we're not trying to grow the fastest possible we're trying to grow in a responsible way and and where we can really keep the quality super high but you know we're expecting growth for the entire industry and um I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about it. Yeah,
1: Mictor speaks to excellence, as do you, Joe. I'm serious. You, Very uh, kind. you do nothing short of excellent in an excellent way and with integrity. So I, I really appreciate you coming on, Joe. I've enjoyed the conversation so much. Uh, again, Mictor's, folks, Fort Nelson, I highly recommend it if you happen to be in Louisville and make a visit. It's right there, like you said, right across there from uh, Louisville, Louisville Slugger, Slugger yeah. Bat Factory. Yeah. It's a great location. Beautiful.
0: Science Center there, Fraser History Museum there. It's a, it's a wonderful uh, area, and Louisville's a terrific city.
1: And and I tell you what, the cocktails are an experience, so I encourage you to do so. And it doesn't make a bad uh, little holiday Christmas gift either. Once again, Mictor's the very best, top shelf, not only in restaurants and bars, but on your taste buds as well. Joe, again, thank you so much. Thank appreciate you so much, time. Gaining interest, powered by Legato Financial Group. We appreciate your attention, and uh, we'll see you next time.